Thank you, Jesus. I just want to say thank you for those who've prayed for me uh, since last Sunday. I think I was uh, super blessed to have people praying for me, and uh, God has given me amazing strength this week to stand and to speak to you today and not feel like I'm going to fall over in dizziness like I was last week. Um, I came in Monday morning and uh, had the prayer team pray for me, and I encourage you, if you're sick, if you're injured, if you're worried, um, come and get the prayer team to pray for you. If you might only have 10 minutes to come in and pray on your way back to work after your lunch break, but come in and pray. Or come in and ask them to pray. Isn't that right, Dee? One o'clock, two o'clock on a Monday, if you can. Um, let's be quick to pray about the challenges we face. Amen? Amen. Um, I've had a, a crazy great week, and I'm just so aware that Although I've had a crazy great week, maybe you haven't, and uh, I just want to pray that God would minister to, to your needs today, that God would speak to your heart as I share this morning. Lord God, I just thank you for your understanding, Lord God, your knowledge of us. Lord God, that you see every planet, every, every galaxy in the universe, and let, yet God, you also see us. And you care about us. It, it boggles my brain, God. But, Lord, we are so thankful for your knowledge of us. And, Lord Jesus, I just pray that as I speak this morning, Lord, I would speak the words you want me to say, that, Lord, you would take those words and, by your Spirit, just encourage each person today, wherever they're at, Lord God. Lord, for those who are asking questions and really just trying to discover and determine who you are. Lord, to those who are just on fire for you today, Lord God. Those who are, Lord, they know you, they love you, but Lord, they're just feeling tired today. Lord God, I just pray that you would speak into each one of our situations today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, we've been talking about the village, in case you haven't been here, talking about the village that we're called to be a church. And a, you, know, like the say, you know the saying maybe that it takes a village to make to raise, oh, now I don't know the old phrase, I just know the new one that we've made, but it takes a village to raise a child, that's the one. Well, we're saying it takes a village to make disciples, because God has called us all to come follow Jesus. And as followers of Jesus, he says, go and make disciples. He says the role of the pastor, the, the prophets, the evangelists, the teacher, their role is to equip the saints for the work of ministry that every one of us would encourage one another, that we would together be built up and encouraged and carry out the things that God has prepared in advance for us to do. I want to be that village. I pray that you would want to be a part of that village, that church that God has called to be his ambassadors on this earth. This week I, I was blessed to be able to go to, to Queensland, to the Gold Coast actually, and... Uh, and enjoy some sunshine. I was uh, sitting having tea last night at six o'clock and it was right on the edge of you know, Coolangatta Beach and just enjoying my, actually it was a nice cheap steak and uh, reef and beef, it was fantastic. <laughs> and it was, it was 23 degrees and I'm saying, thank you Jesus for every blessing you pour out and I'm going to praise you. <laughs> and I looked at the, 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 the thing that tells you the temperature, the weather app, and uh, it says, I, ch I checked Colac, and it's like, six degrees. I think, Jesus, give me strength. Strengthen your people down in Colac today. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, just a, a really blessed time. I got back late last night, 
and uh, I, can, I think it's the first time I can say I've pre- prepared my message partly on the plane. Um, but uh, I met some amazing people and we were so blessed to have some amazing mentors and people coming in and speaking into our life. Um, different people in uh, former ambassadors to the Netherlands and to, and to different places and, and people, uh, the Chancellor of Monash University who's a, a, a lover of Jesus and St. Vincent de Paul's director and different people who are doing amazing things and Yesterday, uh, in our mentor group, there's 10 of us in our little group, we had Tim Costello for about an hour, hour and a half, just chatting and, and talking through the, the issues of the world and, and life and faith. And I, I have the privilege of being able to say that I made Tim Costello cry, and he made me cry a lot more, I think. <laughs> and God did something in me while I was away. I, I've got to say, God so refreshed me. Um, the session was all finished on Friday night, and God just so touched my heart and I just had to stop and weep and for the privilege we have to be involved in this mission for God, with God, to, to know Him as our Saviour is an amazing, amazing thing. If I get through this morning without crying, I'll, I'll be amazed. But <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Um, we had uh, uh, young people, old people coming to speak into us and, and it was such a beautiful time that... Um, People from all over Australia, um, young people doing amazing things for God, people starting businesses, people involved in the police force, in, in education, um, in, in journalism, in law, in all sorts of different things around uh, different areas of life and hearing how their faith in Jesus Christ is propelling them to go forward in those things and to, to live for the glory of God. And I just had such a picture in my mind while I was there of the village on this earth to make disciples. The, the church in action is so beautiful. We we're, were singing that same song we sang this morning. What a beautiful name it is. And just the whole room just singing praises to God. And from every different denomination you can think of, every different vein of work life you can imagine, just giving praise to God and saying, God, have your way in us and through us for your glory. There was a young guy there I had breakfast with one morning and sort of a typical thing, you introduce yourself, where are you from, what do you do? Um, And I asked this guy and he's kind of like, I don't know how to explain what I do. He's like, I build cities. I'm like, okay. He didn't say a lot about that, we talked about other things and um, and he ended up getting up and speaking the next day and uh, a very, very, very long story short, a complete atheist who got saved, um, I'll say something else about him in a moment, I think, but um, to now the way God has just, God has graced him in a special way to do an amazing work for the kingdom of God and he is building cities. This guy is a multi-billionaire as a 27-year-old and everything he has is, he acknowledges it's God's. And just the, the faith of these different people in different areas of society just so stirred my heart. But you know, the beautiful thing is, as I got here this morning, I'm just so aware that every single person in this place, that you have the same testimony, that you can live for the glory of God, that you can live by faith, and your life can count just as much as any billionaire or person in any other place or in power in any other way. That your life, as you live for the glory of God, as you hand it over to Him, God will do amazing things. I'm... So 
passionate about that. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says this, It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. I wonder, do you believe that God exists? Do you understand that there is a Creator God? That there is a God who made all things and there is a God who we are accountable to? That guy, that young 27-year-old who's now a multi-billionaire, as an atheist, he actually, he went to this meeting one night and we had a great time last Sunday night talking about creation and I encourage you to look at those resources that you got or if you didn't come, the podcast will be available, not yet, but it will be available uh, to listen to and it was fantastic. But he actually, someone said something about evolution but as he talked with that person, he, he sort of thought, well, yes, yeah, so what? But within that conversation, what was before that, he thought? How did that start? How did that happen? What, what caused that beginning? And in that moment, he, the fear of God came upon him. He, re, he recognized that we are created by someone, that there is a God in heaven who knows us, who loves us, and we are accountable to. And that started his journey. And if we're going to come to God, first we've got to believe he exists, that there is one true and living God. We must believe that He exists and we must believe that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. You know, we are saved by grace through faith alone. It is a gift of God. But if we think we can do anything to earn God's forgiveness, if we think we can earn rewards by doing something for God, we are very confused. <laughs> We cannot earn our salvation. We cannot do anything to measure up to the standard of God. But if we come to Him, if we recognize that He is our source of life, He is our hope, if we seek Him, we will find the greatest blessings we could ever know. And I want to encourage you today, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you don't yet know Him, I encourage you, seek Him. Say, God, if you're real, help me to understand who you are. It's the greatest prayer I think any of us can ever pray. Faith, I want to suggest this definition, this meaning. Faith means trusting that God is good, believing His Word and acting upon it. I think we, we, we can't have trust in God if we don't understand that He is good. If we don't understand what He's like, we will so struggle to trust Him. It's so hard to have, our, have faith in something that we don't trust. You're not going to do it. But faith means trusting that God is good. Believing His Word. There is decade after decade, century after century of God being faithful to His Word. He is good. He is loving. And we can trust Him. We can believe His Word. And faith is acting upon it. It says even the demons believe that God exists, but they tremble in fear because they will not submit and act on that belief. They do not have faith in Jesus. They, 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 they believe in God. They know He's real. But they haven't submitted himself, themselves to Him. You know, we can live with... Sorry if I go a little bit all over the place today. I've got so many thoughts going through my head right now. <laughs> that, that young 27-year-old guy started off by talking about fear. And I actually sort of got a little bit confused thinking, where is this guy going? He was talking about fear being a good thing. 
and we all fear something. And in a sense, fear, we, we, we all fear something, but the greatest thing we can fear is God. And if we fear God, if we recognize who He is, our, our, our fear, I believe, changes into worship. As we come to Him, as we recognize what He's done for us, we no longer tremble in fear, but we have a, a, a holy, righteous respect and honor of God. That fear transforms to, to, into worship and, and joy in, in acknowledging who He is. But this young guy is talking about how we all fear something and so often we can live out of fear of something else. We can live with a fear of what people think of us. We can live with a fear of how am I going to pay those bills next week. And we actually, the greatest fear in our life becomes trying to, to, to cover and, and, and get through those fears. But through the, the struggles we go through, is our, is our trust in God? Is He the one we fear most or, or do we fear people? Do we fear the circumstances we face or do we trust God? Is, is our, are we trusting Him? Are we having faith through those other challenges we face? Faith means trusting that God is good, believing His Word and acting upon it. I want to live out of a desire to please my God in heaven and not please people. I want to live out of a desire to please God and not just to do the things that maybe I think people expect me to do. You know, last week we talked about prayer and we talked about how we can come to God, that we can come before God in prayer, that we can boldly come before His throne of grace. And that is amazing, that God, the Creator of all things, listens to our prayers. We talked about how to pray. We talked about our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. We talked about those things. But you know, the other amazing, awesome thing that we didn't actually talk much about is that God answers prayer. God doesn't just hear our prayers, but He answers prayer. That is amazing. That is phenomenal. That is that God cares enough to hear our requests and answer our prayers. It's I can't, sort of weird we didn't even get there last week really but God answers prayer but listen to this verse in Mark chapter 11 verse 22 it says then Jesus said to his, the disciples have faith in God I tell you the truth you can say to this mountain may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen but you really you, you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against, so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. You know, there are things that can block our prayers. There are things that we can do that block our prayers. Unforgiveness blocks our prayer. God says, if you're going to come to me in prayer, first forgive those who have sinned against you. How can we come to God and ask for his forgiveness when we hold a grudge and will not forgive our brother and sister or neighbor who has offended us? He died on the cross for our sin. Other parts of the Bible talk about if we will not forgive those who sin against us, He will not forgive us our sin. 
Do we truly understand the grace of God if we are not forgiving those who hurt us? I know there are horrific, horrible, horrible things that people have done to other human beings. It breaks God's heart. But it does you no good to have unforgiveness in your heart. It is toxic. It will kill you. It will destroy your life. It will chew you up. We must forgive. And as we come to God, we we say, God, help me to release those people, not to hold those things against them. And I believe God will help you in that. He will hear that prayer. And He will answer your prayers as you come with that heart. Really, it's about humility. It's about saying, God, I know I am a sinner too. Help me to forgive those who sin against me. But God, thank you, Jesus, that you have forgiven my sin. Submitting ourselves to him. You know, in 1 Peter chapter 3, it talks about the way husbands and wives should treat each other. And it talks about how um, we should treat our wives with respect. And if we don't, our prayers will be hindered. It says, treat your wife with respect as you should or your, so that your prayers will not be hindered. If we have a wrong attitude, if we treat people in a wrong way, if we disobey God's commands willfully and go on doing those things, God will turn his ear away from us. We cannot go on in unrepentant sin and believe that God is going to answer our prayers in the ways that we might desire with that wrong attitude. And he talks about unbelief. He says, if you believe and you pray and you ask this thing, and you believe it will happen, it will happen. Actually, I'll read if uh, we turn to James chapter 1, verse 5. It says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. There is no prayer that you will pray that God say, Hey, you should... Well, maybe no prayer. That's, that's very broad, isn't it? But He does not rebuke you for asking for wisdom. It says, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as the wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world. And they are unstable in everything they do. If we come to God in prayer and we just pray prayers without faith, we, we pray, it's almost like we're saying words with no, no meaning to them. If we come to God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, and we say, God, please help me to be kind to that person today, or we, we pray whatever we pray, and have no expectation that God is listening and actually cares about our requests, Our words are meaningless noise. We must come to God believing that He is good, that He loves us, that He hears our prayers. We may not understand how God's going to answer that prayer. We might pray a prayer and say, God, I don't understand what you're wanting to do in this, but God, I bring this before you and please work in this situation. You might not know how God's going to answer, but you must believe that He is good and He's going to answer in a good way. Praise be to God that even though we have unforgiveness, we have wrong attitudes, we have unbelief in our lives, by God's grace, He does answer that prayer sometimes as we come to Him in prayer. I will say, personally, I've had that experience, that I have had moments of unbelief. I I can think of a moment when someone here today, I was praying for that person a long time ago in youth, I'm not going to use names, but um, 
we were praying for this person and I, I, I prayed for them. There was someone else praying with them too. And as we finished praying, there was something wrong with their knee. And we finished praying. And it was like instantly, they started jumping up and down. And I'm just going, no, no, don't do that. You're going to damage your knee more. But they're like, it's healed. It's healed. I'm thinking, are you sure? Are you totally sure? Like, just be careful. Don't be silly now. It's like, I was the youth leader. I, I was praying the prayer. But this other person had more faith than me for the miracle. And God did it. That person was set free. And there is times when God answers our prayer simply because of his grace and his mercy. But God help us not to live with unbelief, not to live in a place of wrong attitudes and unforgiveness. You know, faith can move mountains. Faith can move mountains. He says, if you say to this mountain, be cast in the sea and believe it in your heart that God has given it to you, it will be done. You know, Jesus in his ministry on this earth moved so many mountains. He healed the blind. He, he set the captive free. He, he healed the leper. But you know, the greatest mountain that Jesus ever moved was our sin. He took the sin of the world upon him. The sins of the world nailed to the cross with Jesus. He's, he took the punishment for our sin, that we could be free from sin, that sin would no longer be that unconquerable mountain that we could not pass between us and God. But we now can come freely and boldly before the throne of God, that we can have relationship with Him because of what Jesus has done for us. You know, I, I've, I've struggled at times looking at mountains going, you know, God... If I said to that mountain right now, just move a meter or so, like, like your word says it'll move if we have faith. I think it's a, a combination of, of knowing what God has spoken as we pray. And we can come to him with boldness. But you know, even two weeks ago, as Peter Stevens shared about Rahab and the walls of Jericho, God moved some mountains, physical building wall mountains that day. God can, use, uh, God can move any mountain in your life. So without faith, we cannot please God. We know that faith can move mountains, but how do we get faith? Maybe today you're, you're a person who you've, you've got faith, but you feel like your faith is so, so, so holding on by a thread. And you're thinking, how can I grow in faith again? How can I, how can I allow that faith in me to grow and, and, and build within me? Or maybe you're a person, you're thinking, I I. I I want to have faith. I don't have faith, but I want to have faith. How can I get it? Listen to what it says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It says, So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. If you want to have faith, if you want to find faith, I encourage you, open the Bible and say, God, help me have faith and read it. Read God's Word. See what God has done from the beginning through the Old Testament, how He pointed to a Saviour and how a Saviour came. The virgin will conceive a child and be born, Emmanuel, God with us. See what God has done. See His faithfulness to His promises. See what He is doing on the earth today and God will stir faith in you. I believe if you come to, a heart, come to God with a heart of, God, help me to have faith, you open you, your, his word, your Bible, and you read it with that attitude. You cannot come to God and not be changed and have faith rise within you.
I want to encourage you day by day that we need to let faith rise in our hearts. So many things will steal, kill and destroy and try and squash that faith within us. But let's come to the Word of God and know what Christ has done and faith will rise. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, God saved you by His grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Another translation, I meant to get that one, but I didn't, says faith is a gift from God. Faith is not a reward for anyone. It is a gift of God. We have done nothing to earn His favor. But faith is a gift from God. As we come to Him, He gives us faith. What is that good news that, that brings that faith in God? Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the Scriptures say, uh, tell us, Anyone who trusts in Him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile, everyone, are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the good news of the gospel, that anyone can come to salvation through Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what background you have. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you live, what your, what your family's like. What your, it doesn't matter any of those things. Anyone who comes to Jesus Christ and says, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin, that you raised to life victorious, I put my trust in you, I give my life to you, you will be saved. You tell yourself that every day and you will have faith that can move mountains every day. You remind yourself of that and faith will rise in your heart. Jesus has set us free. Let's believe it and confess it. Let's not just believe it, but let's confess it. Let's declare it. Let's speak it over one another. It's so, it's why life groups are so fantastic is because we read the Word of God out loud together. That we pray, we declare what He's doing in our life. We, we discuss what God is like. We declare who He is. That we confess with our mouth who He is in our life. And I encourage you, if you're not part of a group that, that reads the Word together, whether it's a life group or if you're just meeting with someone to read the Bible together, ask someone to read the Bible with you. Come alongside someone and say, hey, can we do a Bible study? Can I join your life group? I encourage you. It is so good for you, for me, for us all. Jesus has set us free. Believe and confess it. It doesn't mean we won't have struggles. It doesn't mean we won't have trials. It doesn't mean life will be easy, but Jesus has overcome it all. He is the one who's given us the victory, and through it all, we have the victory in Jesus Christ. You know, we are doing a series on being the village. How do we stand firm? We declare it to each other. We be the village that God desires us to be, that we encourage one another in faith. Like I said, the, the role of the pastor, me, the apostle, the prophet, evangelist, teacher, their, their, their role is to equip the saints for the work of ministry, that we would together encourage one another in God's word and what he declares, that the body would be built up, encouraged, and that we would rise up as the witness for Jesus Christ on this earth. Let's be that village. Grab a copy of Firm in the Faith. 
read it, discover who Jesus is. How do we stand firm? I just want to read a few more verses this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Have faith that God is with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. You can trust in God's word. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 and 13 says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. You know, we go through trials, we go through challenges, and that doesn't mean you're in the wrong place. Time and time and time and time again, as I met people over this last week, I, I met people who, one guy had a fantastic time just sharing together and praying for each other. He's, a, a, he's a, in an electrical manufacturing business. His father started a business. They have about 50 employees. They've got bases in Hong Kong. And he's talking about how there's, there's such challenges. But God is in this. And you can see God working in the way he's able to minister to the employees in the business. And... and we, we have trials, we have challenges. There was people, uh, I'm trying to think who it was, someone talk, talking about their role in their leadership and, the, and the, the pain in their life that it caused as they tried to lead this massive organisation, as people had other opinions and the turmoil and the fighting that other people were having in their organisation. And, and some, someone said to him one day, he's like, you know, mate, it's just the curse of leadership. And he's like, yeah, I guess you're right. And he walked away. And as he walked out the door of that room, he just, it was like God hit him in the chest and said, this is not a curse. You have been given a privilege and a responsibility. I wonder what privilege and responsibility has God given you? What place has God put you in? And maybe there's a pain attached to that. Maybe there's a, a struggle attached to the situation you're in. But how does God want to be glorified through your situation? Maybe you're in a position right now where paying the bills is a, is a challenge. Maybe your, your family life is just chaotic at the moment. How does God desire to be glorified through you in your situation? Do not be surprised at the fiery ordeals that has come to test you, as though something strange were happening. But let's give praise to God that we have an opportunity, that we have the privilege to stand for the glory of God wherever you are. As I said on Friday night, I, I just broke down in tears and, 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 and at, at the privilege we have of living for God and being His ambassadors on this earth. I think, God, I'm, I'm not worthy. God, I, I can't do... I want to pour my life out as an offering to God. I want to give every moment of every day to live for His glory. And I praise God sometimes that's joyful and blessed and I get to be in Queensland on the Gold Coast. But other days it's painful, it's hard. And I want every day of every, mo every moment of every day to count for the glory of God. I don't want to fall asleep. I don't want to just let weeks go and say, oh, I'll, I'll do it one day, God. Are we ready? I'll move on. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 to 18. Therefore we do not lose heart, 
Though outwardly we, we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day by day by day by moment by moment. Let's be consistently, constantly in prayer. For our light, which is Him, and momentary troubles, which are hard, are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not what is seen, but what is unseen, since that since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. This life is so short. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And it's different for every one of us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer the author, some translators would say, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. He gives us faith. He perfects our faith. He grows our faith. He sustains our faith. If we will come to him and say, God, help me. Use me. Teach me. I want to be more like you. I was so encouraged and blessed and I just... Just spending time with Tim Costello yesterday and his, his, his love for justice on this earth. And he was talking about how as Christians, sometimes we can be seen to stand for, for all the things we stand against and not the things we stand for. God loves people and I want to stand that people would know the love and life that God came to bring, that he created us for. What do you stand for today? Isaiah chapter 4, uh, no, sorry, Hebrews Chapter 12. Maybe if the band can come. I'm nearly finished. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. For the joy... Oh, sorry, this is almost verse 3. <laughs> For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. If you've heard that verse before, stop and actually think about what that's saying. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. The cross was no joyful thing. But he endured the cross that you could know him, that you could be forgiven and set free for eternity. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I want to read one more verse in Isaiah chapter 40. This verse brought me to salvation. Partly. <laughs> Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. You know, I like that verse. It recognizes sometimes we fall. Sometimes we stumble. Maybe you feel like you're just flat on the ground on your face right now. But God knows that we do that sometimes. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I had a revelation about this verse just this week and... and I've kind of claimed that verse before and saying, God, I'm running hard right now and I'm trusting you to help me keep soaring and not get tired at all. 
But you know, sometimes I think we feel like we cannot walk anymore. But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. Those who trust in the Lord will rise up again. Those who have faith in the living God will be able to walk again. Maybe you feel so tired, you feel so overcome by some situation. Put your trust in Jesus Christ and He will lift you up. He will help you put one foot in front of the other. And I believe one foot after the other, He'll help you to get strength again. He'll help you run again. And you'll begin to soar like an eagle again with Him. Who is your trust in? Who is your faith in today? I was having a conversation with someone recently and they said, Andrew, how do you decide what you feel God's calling you to do? How do you know when to step into something and when to say no? And I've thought about that and I've been thinking about that since and I was thinking about it again yesterday. And through the testimonies of different people through the week, where God gives me opportunity to stand for His glory and to proclaim His truth, I'm going to stand and give Him glory where I can. There's opportunities that I would love to do. There's things that I would love to do, but I just can't. So I say, God, I'm going to trust you. I, I, I would love to do that. I feel like I, I should do that maybe even. But God, I'm going to trust that your timing is greater than my timing. That I am not the answer, but you have the answer. And you can raise up an, a generation. You can raise up an army, an army of people with your light to tell people about the truth. I... I intentionally stepped out of doing I, I, I was so tempted to go into full-time schools ministry when I was 19 years old but God spoke to my heart and said Andrew you've only got so many hours in a day I want you to train up a generation of people who will go with the gospel for the rest of their lives and that multiplication will just impact the earth that's the word God spoke to my heart. So I said, God, I'm going to give up schools ministry in the, in the capacity I did. He gave it back to me later on. I get to be a chaplain. It's great. But what's God speaking to your heart about? Do you trust Him? Will you step into that thing? I never desired to be a pastor. Sorry if you thought I should. But that wasn't my great desire, but God gave me opportunity to be involved in the, with the youth ministry. And I said, okay, I'll do it. Then someone suggested I should become do training and do things along the way and I said okay I don't especially want it but I'll do it if it's going to give me an opportunity to serve God I remember when Pastor Dave first said to me Andrew I think maybe one day God's calling you to be the pastor here at CFC and at first I'm like I don't know if I want to do that <laughs> I like being a youth pastor this is good <laughs> but I thought God I, I want to give I want to give myself to any opportunity you give to me to raise up people who proclaim the name of Jesus and my trust is in you. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do, how to do those other things you're calling me to, God, but my faith is in you. Can we stand today? I just want to pray for you this morning. Maybe you need to actually say, God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry for the times when I've just gone through life just ticking over the days just doing what I've always done. And it hasn't been by faith, God. It's just been in my own strength. God, we want to be people of faith. We come to you, God, and ask that you would stir faith within us. We thank you, God, for that gift of faith. That, Lord, you would help us to open your word, to listen to your word, to hear what you are speaking to us, and that we would 
trust you and step out in obedience to those things that you're speaking, God. Maybe it's just to be more patient. Maybe it's just to be kinder to that person who's been unkind to us. Maybe it's something to do with our work or our business. Or, But God, I pray that you would help us to hear and obey. Lord, for those of us still in school, for those of us studying, that God, fear of results, fear of grades, or those, Lord, fear of other people's opinions would not overtake our righteous fear of you. That, God, we would live for the glory of you alone. That we would live knowing that our, our, our faith, our trust, our hope is in you alone, Lord Jesus, I pray. Amen.